What's up, traders? Anthony Crudelli here, and thank you for tuning in to the Futures Radio Show podcast. It's Thanksgiving week, one of my favorite weeks of the year. I'm so thankful and grateful to have the life that I have. I love hanging out with my family and friends, eating good food and watching football. I hope you and your families all have a wonderful Thanksgiving and you really take the time away from the screens to rest your minds, rest your bodies, and remember why you work so hard as a trader. It's to be able to enjoy the time with your family and friends. This week on the podcast, we shift gears a bit. Instead of me doing the interviewing, I get interviewed by my good friend, Morad Askar, otherwise known as Futures Trader 71. Last month, he invited me on a webinar for Convergent Trading to discuss the common traits of successful traders. In today's interview, I share what I believe are the five most common traits of successful traders. We talked about some old stories from the trading floor, and we talked a little bit about trading crypto and crypto futures. But before we get into the common traits of successful traders, I want to remind all of you about micro treasury yield futures. Have you pulled up a chart of that 2YY to see what the two-year yields have done lately? That thing has just been on a tear to the upside. Short-term rates keep going up. I've talked about that so much uh, lately that I don't care what market you're trading, you have to keep an eye on what rates are doing. And I really love keeping the micro treasury yield futures up. The symbols are 2YY, 5YY, 10Y, and 30Y. If you want to learn more about micro treasury yield futures, go to cmegroup.com. Futures Radio Show is sponsored by CME Group, Trade Station, Trading Technologies, and FTSE Russell. The Russell 2000 is a key benchmark for small cap U.S. stocks. Be sure to check out the E-mini Russell 2000 future symbol RTY and micro E-mini Russell 2000 future symbol M2K. To learn more about FTSE Russell and their products, please visit FTSERussell.com. Hello and good afternoon from Chicago traders. Thanks for joining us for this, uh, for this session today with uh, one of my favorite people in the industry, Anthony Crudelli. We're gonna talk about the common traits of successful traders. This is a Convergent Trader Spotlight. I wanna remind everyone that derivatives trading is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. Today, a quick, uh, a quick uh, look at what's on the agenda we're going to just uh, take a brief look at Anthony's background. Uh, he's, got, he's got quite a story. And, uh, and then we'll dive into the traits. Uh, so the objective of today's talk is really to uh, instill in traders the basic or the necessary components that uh, we need to all have in order to not only uh, be successful, but be successful in the long term as well. So. We'll get into the traits and how they show up in trading. Uh, we'll talk about Futures Radio Show and the unique perspective it provides. This is uh, one of the key reasons I wanted to have Anthony on is because of the show that he does. It gives him exposure to many, many traders. We'll talk about Anthony's key traits required for success in trading. We'll talk about traits that have been important for Anthony's own success as a trader and how he's evolved with them. Traits that Anthony believes help traders survive different markets. So. That's what's uh, what we're packing on today. Let's uh, let's go on camera and bring Anthony on. Anthony, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. All right, camera on. You got yours on. Hey, buddy. What's going on, Mr. Florida? 
Um, so we're going to dig in, uh, dig right in. But first, I'm going to pause for a second and and remind everyone that we're still doing this fundraiser for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Uh, this was a, an idea for my birthday from a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, however long that was. Time flies. And we've far exceeded the um, the target. Uh, here's the target was 2,500. We're at 140%. We've raised uh, 35.22. Remember, this money goes directly to St. Jude's, which focuses on saving lives uh, for uh, for children uh, for children with cancer. So we'd love for you to go there and uh, contribute. It could be a cup of coffee or Starbucks. Starbucks and a croissant, whatever, five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, everything helps. Uh, the URL is right on the image in front of you there. It is go to ct.pro forward slash FT71 dash fundraise. We'd love to have you participate in that. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. Again, there's the URL. This is uh, just a quick uh, run on who Anthony is. Anthony, uh, joined the CME pit in 1999. Anthony's been a trader longer than I have. Um, we, it's, what's interesting about Anthony is he had this experience right away of coming into the pit and just blowing up his, uh, his, uh, his money, the money that he put up to, to start his career. He went into basically uh, immediately uh, and lost that money. So Having that experience sounds like a very negative thing, but I'm going to tell you that having that experience really opens your eyes to uh, what is required. It take, it, it, you, you either go away because it's, you feel like it's not for you and you kind of give up, or like Anthony did, you come back and you come back with a better plan. Wouldn't you agree, Anthony? 100%. <laughs> so... Uh, Anthony hosts the Futures uh, Radio Show. Uh, I love this um, this show. It's uh, it's it's on video. Uh, lots and lots of content on YouTube, but it's also a podcast. And uh, there are many many people that he's spoken to. He's spoken to hundreds of people, uh, and and has a kind of a unique perspective on what goes on in the industry, and how the many uh, traders uh, have adapted to various uh, market conditions or various changes, you know, somebody moving from the pit like Anthony did to the screen and so on. Uh, this is, uh, this is a, a, a big piece of why we're talking to Anthony today. He's been trading crypto for a couple of years now. Is it a couple of years or has it been longer? A little longer, but yeah, been trading for a while now. I love it. How's that go? Oh, you love it. Great. Yeah, yeah. Great. And then uh, essentially, I, I look at uh, Anthony in a way as our modern day Jack Swagger. If th those of you who don't know who that is, Jack Swagger is the guy who wrote uh, Market Wizards. He interviewed the greatest of the greats in the industry uh, and wrote this series of books that for me personally really made a difference when I was learning because I was getting beat up in the markets every day. And, um, and so I, I would read these books to get inspiration. So Anthony's had a lot of exposure to the journey that traders go through. Um, we're going to just simply talk about those traits. What you know, a lot of times folks give up too soon, and a lot of times they just don't know what it's going to take. And this is really what our focus is today. So, Anthony, how do you think traits show up? 
trader traits show up in trading. We're going to get into what your you believe the key five key traits are, but how do how does someone's traits show up in their in their trading on a day to day basis? In the heat of the moment, you know, in those times where you have to make that decision, I think that's where your true colors as a trader, your traits show up because you could do all the preparation, I guess, in the world that you want. And in the heat of the moment, you're going to be faced with decisions and different conditions all the time and different environments. And what do you do in those moments, I think, is what really separates, you know, the the fair and good traders to the great traders. You know, how do you handle that exact moment? And to me, that's where your traits really come, come through. You know, um, that's where I see it. Okay. So with that in perspective, with that uh, idea in mind, your show has exposed you to literally hundreds of interviewees, hundreds of people you've had on. Is there, what are the, what do you believe are the five key threads um, that, that tie these people together. You you sent those to us. Do you remember what those are, what you listed, or do you want me to provide that? Pull them up, and then I'll just go over them because I put them in an order, and I, when I actually was doing it, I was thinking about it, and like, in my mind, like an order of what I felt, not necessarily importance, but just I think that in a specific order, I felt that of, once again, not relevance or importance, but just I think kind of like the timeline of in my from my experience, kind of where I think that uh, they kind of occur and happen. So as you see here, I put consistency in their preparation. So preparation is the first thing that we do, and the first thing that all traders go through. And I feel that that is consistent through every great trader that I've spoken to is that they're consistent in that prep, and then it's the commitment to getting better remaining students because once they've figured out how they want to prepare and what their strategies are, then it's the commitment to always getting better at it. And then they're dealing with the ability to seize the moments in those heat of the moments times I talked about, you and I have talked about this, how important execution is and what you do in specific moments, I think really is what separates people that make it that people that don't because you can have the first two, but ability to seize the moments, I think, is something that comes after you've had experience with the first two. It's ability to adapt to changing conditions because you go through all these processes and everything to build these strategies. And you're always looking to get better. You see some moments and now the conditions change. The market, you know, changes the game on you. And you're like, wow, what, I mean, what's going on? I mean, we, you and I have been through this, you know, uh, being scalpers market makers to where the algos and the hfts are just better at it than we are so you have to adapt to and change to it uh, even though you may have the same strategy you might have to tweak your execution a little bit and then putting aside distractions and being hyper focused because i think that nowadays this has become a very important aspect of having a good trade as a trader because we're we're overwhelmed by distraction now it's constant i mean you i can get into twitter and get on this path, you know, where all of a sudden I'm thinking a certain way and they're like, wait a minute, you know, why am I even looking at this? This is no relevance to what I'm doing. And I have to get back and be hyper-focused on what I'm doing. So I think that that's just such an important piece of the puzzle, you know, building your traits as a trader. So those are the five things that I have seen that are just very common among all, pretty much all of the top people that I've spoken with. 
Okay, so let's let's break those down a little bit further. So consistency in their preparation being the first one. Do you mean consistently preparing the same way, or consistency in in um, consistently being prepared, or consistency in how you do your preparation for the session? Which one of those are you emphasizing more? That's a great question because it could be, are they consistently preparing the same way all the time or are they just consistent in being prepared all the time? And it's, 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 the, it's the consistency in being prepared all the time. So I think that even my preparation, I know has changed multiple times over the year, a lot of times. And it's because things have changed, right? What am I looking at? Um, what markets am I trading? Uh, what is the environment? Uh, where am I as a person is, you know, I, I put health a lot more at the forefront of my preparation now where I didn't do that in the past. So there's different things that I do in my preparation, but there's one thing I'm consistent with and all of the great traders that I've talked with is that they're consistent in being prepared each and every day. You know, they, if you start at the same time every day, it's easy to have that morning routine and start in the opening bell. But if all of a sudden one day you start at noon, are you still going through your preparation that you did? You know, this morning you had something, now you're coming in to trade the afternoon. Did you still go through the same things to be prepared for the day? So to me, a common trait that I see across the board is no matter what the situation is, no matter what time they're trading, no matter what they're doing, they're consistent in being prepared. Let's go back to the time when you were in the pit, right? To the to the quote unquote real trading, the way it was done, where you had to be not only prepared for whatever the market's going to throw at you, but there was a physical element of getting your fills, you know, being louder, taller, pushing harder. When you look back at those guys, did it seem to you like on a day-to-day -day basis, they're coming in and there's a, there's a preparation element, or was there such a big fat edge at that time that all you had to do is show up and and be well connected or know what's going on on the floor and that's all there is because when you go to the screen there's a lot more you have to process right you got to look at what asia did what europe did what's leading what's lagging all this stuff How, what was that like uh if you can recall from those days when you're shoulder to shoulder with these traders in the s p pit i would say that they were more prepared than anyone would ever think or expect and I would say that they were more prepared probably than most even really good computer traders to these days. And I'll tell you why, because during that time, that was the only time we really didn't congregate. That was the only time where we really didn't, we weren't all talking to each other, maybe the brief moments before the bell rang. But in that morning, guys would be in their offices, they'd be with their clerks, they'd be looking at their charts. There was that time of, or maybe you and I would talk about almost like that meditation time before they went in, before the craziness began, that they knew exactly what they were looking for. And that was every single day. I mean, the brokers, it was a little different because the brokers didn't need to prepare as much. So there definitely was some people in the Merck Club and there were some other you know, activities going on in the mornings. But the good traders, the traders that I learned from, the traders that I know, they came in and they were very quiet in the morning, very quiet. They came in and they wanted to be very even keel when that bell rang, you know, and they'd be yelling within a second afterwards. But coming into that, there was a process they went through every single day. And that's really where I learned about preparation. Every morning, if I didn't give my guys when I was a clerk the charts that they needed or whatever, they'd be all over me. They'd be like, get it now. Get it now. I need it. I need to see this. They needed those things. 
And I noticed that if they didn't get it or they were off, you could see it and I'd be watching them and they would their whole days would be thrown off. Now, some of them would obviously they're good enough to where they maybe get catch themselves and get back into it. But I would notice a lot of the times, the times they weren't prepared, it was just, you know, shooting from the hip versus a calculated way of thinking. So I would say those guys in those days, and I know everyone talks about the pit and the partying, and that time, that morning time, that was quiet time, that was get your head in the game, get ready, because it's coming. That's Yeah, that's really cool to, to hear about. Uh, totally agree with your consistency and being prepared. Um, why does it not work to just show up? Well, in your mind, what's the problem, right? The market's the market. Everybody's seeing the same uptick and downtick. Why why shouldn't I show up and just respond to whatever the market's doing that morning, whatever my gut's telling me that morning? Well, because the strategy doesn't make the trader. The trader makes the strategy. This is where execution comes into play. You know, I could prepare for anything, but until that bell rings, you don't know what's actually going to happen. So your preparation only puts things into place that you could be prepared for if they happen. And not always, not very rarely does it happen exactly the way you want. And when it does, you still have to go and actually actually execute. So when I look at preparation, preparation, what it does is it really just calms the mind and you know what you're looking for. So it prevents the overtrading, it prevents the undertrading, it prevents a lot of that you know anxiousness and nervousness. It gives you a, some comfortability of being in the market at that time. But once again, it's not going to be exactly the way you prepared. And the big key is to be able to go in and just be able to allow the market to show you something. And if it's close, then, then the trader actually takes over and is able to execute based upon their preparation, based upon what they've seen in the past, based upon the conditions, the environment. And that all comes together with the basis of the preparation. But now you have to actually go in and do it, right? I mean that to me is really what separates like i said the fair and the good traders from really the best trade the global markets with trading technologies tt is the world's fastest commercially available futures trading platform now with integrated tools for advanced options trading cryptocurrencies and trade surveillance learn more at tradingtechnologies.com you're sitting there and You've just put on a trade. You just got long S&P minis or whatever. Is it possible in your mind, have you seen or experienced someone being able to hold that trade for what it's worth, for what they're, for its intended purpose without prep? I mean, I, I can't imagine that it would be easy for someone to not only go through the process of putting on the trade without preparation, I mean, preparation, like there's, where's, where's your confidence coming from if you're not prepared, but also you've got the trade on and one of the biggest problems for um, at least the online traders that I've come across in the last 12, 13 years is they'll do all the homework, they'll do all the preparation and all that stuff. And then there's a, there's, you know, they put on the trade and it kind of goes in that direction a couple of ticks and it goes against them a couple of ticks, comes back for a scratch, it pushes a little bit. As soon as it starts to come back again, they're out. So they 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 locked in their two ticks and, and they're done. Part of the preparation 
should probably be having an understanding of not only where do I execute or what am I looking for, but how I should let things flow when the trade is on. Have you found that to be a, an easy thing to kind of develop? If you look back at your days early on as a trader, I mean, I don't know what it's like in a pit to put on a trade, especially in the bigs or whatever, and, and to have to sit through a market that's kind of sitting sideways. Is it, is it, it what can you do in your preparation to not only put, recognize the trade, put it on, but actually carry it to fruition, carry it to its full potential? So two things. I think you're asking and the first one was like can somebody come in that's not being prepared hold the trade that they get into to its full you know level and and my answer is if it happens it's luck right because at that point you're just kind of in and you're just maybe you freeze a little bit and something happens to where it goes your way quickly i mean to hold it through the grind like you said the two tick your way or one tick against you or whatever it is eventually the market finds that weak point the second thing is just talking about Preparation to me, preparation in the morning or the evening. Most people, it starts in the evening, gets into the next day. I put layers of things in throughout the day that consistently keep me in the now as to what's happening. So I think that there's other things that I'll put into my trading that will allow me to identify what type of day it is. So, for example, I'll look at something and say, okay, right now. You know, I want to be bullish, right? I look at my charts and I'm kind of neutral to bullish, everything I look at. So I'm looking to buy dips, but I don't know if it's going to be a choppy day. I don't know if it's going to be a trend day. It could be a down day that even though the overall trend is still up, there's just all these different things that could happen. So what I do is I put layers and I see this with, with all of the common traits that we talk about with these other traders. They put things into play that, that give them recognition of what type of day it is or what type of scenario it is. And this comes with experience, right? That's why we need time as a trader to now identify what that type of day that is and then you execute accordingly i mean a simple example i'll use is for example let's just say that it's i'm bullish and opening range is the low of the day you know you and i both know, know packs it's a simple thing that i look at i don't trade off opening range it's not what i do but i'll look at it and i'll say hey opening range is the low of the day let's just say it's a little gap up opening range is the low and they're getting away so it's a gap and go whatever one wants to call it I'll look at it and say it's got a strong potential for a trend day. I'll look at your stuff in the morning and I'll, I'll see other things that you'll see with the profile or other things and say, what represents what type of day this can be? And then it allows me to say, gives me the confidence to hold that trade longer or, or not. So it's, I, I think it's important to when you prepare to also have things along the way that prove you something that maybe aren't part of your strategy, but they're identifying what type of day it is to give you the ability to hold that winner or not want to hold that winner. This is where you and I talk about execution all the time. And you and I have done really a whole shows on this and talking about this is that that's the art of it, right? That's where it's like you, you have to have something layered in there where preparation carries over and it's consist, consistent throughout the day. I mean, you'll watch people like Linda Rashke or Pax or you or just so many other people I'll talk about that I've talked with. And throughout the day, they'll see something and say, look, at this is what type of day it is now. They, they prepare, they've done something, and now all of a sudden, this is what's happening. And that's what gives them the confidence to hold or not hold. So preparation, to me, leads to recognition throughout the day that the market proves to you something. Yeah, excellent, excellent point. Let's move on to commitment uh, to getting better and remain students of the game. 
So the question I have about this is, what is an example of something that you're consistently improving on? Like, uh, how are you, uh, how are you improving on a day-to-day -day basis? What is that? It's probably a micro improvement every day, but what are you doing to improve every day as a trader? Allowing yourself to recognize how the environments have changed. I'll give you a perfect example for me, and it's been a very difficult thing for me to to get wrap my head around, especially going into the crypto side of things, is believing that things can go as far as they can go. I mean, how far these ranges can go, how long, how much, how long a rally could last. Getting better at recognizing that things have changed. Back in the day when I first started, ranges were so much more predictable i would say so i came in a lot of my game was you make a 10 point range pretty much knew the day was done you could trade against that range it just was it was there nowadays we will grind in one direction and i implemented things to keep me out of that type of trade and just to get better at trying to hold and trying to get to a trailer as quick as i can or you know i don't want it to get quick but i mean you know i want to be able to get small so i could hold for what i think are potential days where we just grind in one direction the one direction days during the transition of when we were breaking out let's say about 1500 in the s p when the ranges when the bull market really just got i mean obviously we're 4500 plus now but the, the point was is it's like in those days it was like i said it was predictable ranges and now i feel like it's just harder to identify that uh especially as, as price even gets wider and bigger because percentages become smaller in the moves you know so one percent move now is it seems like a really big range day like when you look and say look we're down or up or down 40 points in the s p in the scheme of things that's not a big deal in our day that was a big deal so the higher price goes it's been a major adjustment for me to get better at understanding how much the environment's really changed you know and and the news i mean i look at news i used to trade unemployment i used to trade the fed days all the time now, I mean, I get my clock cleaned, a lot of them, unless something happens, you know, unless something happens to where it gives me like great price opportunity and I step in because it's happened something on my daily um, and I say, okay, wow, I just, I'm forced to get in here because the algos took it. And I think the news, to use my one friend's phrase, my one friend, Brad, who's been on the show, Brad Jelnick, was a, he, calls, he calls it stupid news. You know, they way overreacted in this direction and it gave me an opportunity. Ira Harris and I have talked about this as well. So I look at that and I say, I've had to adjust to that because I would just be jumping all over trading those numbers. Now I look at unemployment and it's like, I, and it's very rarely I trade it. I, you know, I just, it doesn't give me what I, what I want. I tend to wait till afterwards. So, I mean, commitment to getting better is what worked for you before and what were good days to you before changes. And, you know, so I'm looking to get better at, at my execution always. I'm not really changing much of my strategy. And most of the traders that I've talked to they really don't change much of their strategies. They might add an indicator here and there, do a couple things to tweak it. But what they look to get better at is execution of the changing environments and identifying when the environments change. Another one, a real quick one, would be look at how fast bear markets end. I feel like a week ago, or just a little longer than that actually, I was like only looking at shorts in the S&P. I'm only looking at longs again. I mean, those these breaks are over so fast that I before I would fight that a little bit, you know, a little bit more. I'm like, look at man, what do you see? How many times have I seen this? I am really, rarely, rarely bearish the S&P unless I have multiple confirmations, which I did. I was short a few times. And then once all of a sudden it's not working again, I'm getting stopped out. I took that feedback and said, 
you're done, dude. You know, yeah. this thing has been a bull mode again. So it's fighting. It's about being aware of situations more now and just not fighting them, I think, is a big part of it. Yeah. I mean, uh, in this market, it's a three-day bear, five-day chop, and 20-day rally. <laughs> we're and, at all-time highs. Your head around it. Yeah, we're at all-time highs again. Very cool. Yeah. How would you suggest traders might determine what their area is to work on? Like, it's, you know, it's one thing to um, know what you need to work on to improve, to get better, to be a better student of the game, as you mentioned. But how do you identify these things? I mean, it takes, you've got a lot of experience. So you can immediately tell, like, mm, this, something in your subconscious is going to immediately say, mm -mm, this isn't working anymore. But how does someone who's learning or is in the middle of their kind of development cycle identify elements that they need to work on? Is it I get hammered and hammered and hammered? Oh, OK, then I need to work on this. Or is there a better way to approach this? Maybe a more process based way or scientific way, so to speak. What do you think? One thing that I've done, and I only can speak from my experience, and I talk with other traders about this, and I think that this is. I think it's we're all kind of similar in this. If you take one of your favorite trade setups and you're just executing it poorly, and it's a setup that you like, and you go back and look at that environment, first you have to have, do the self-awareness test. Was it me or was it the market? How did you trade that setup? And I look at just, I will hone it in on that specific setup on something that I really like. And going back to what I've really learned is that, what I was learning was that as a two-way trader, I would say over the last probably close to seven years now, I'd say it's been that long, maybe even longer. I have had to limit being a two-way trader intraday because what I, my two-way was not working as much. So I started to get more focused on primary trend, bigger picture trend, and missing days where I wasn't trading to just get the trade that I wanted. Because even the looks that I really liked Let's just say it's a two-way trade in a, a primary bull trend like right now where I get a really good-looking short setup on my short-term chart and I take it and it just, you know, it like gives me my first area of risk off. I think it's going to be good. It pops. I press it. Next thing you know, I'm getting run out. That happened to me over and over again because I'm over-trading and the market's environment have changed in the fact that exactly what we've talked about. We are much more of momentum. We are much more one-dimensional moves. You can blame it on HFTs, you can blame it on the Fed, you can blame it on anything you want. It doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's I look at it and say, I am not as successful the more setups I'm trading. So even though it's an A setup for me on the short side, but it's in a bull trend, I can't trade that. So and also I look to say the flip side is on on the bull days, the days that I do get an A setup, get into a full position take some of that risk I would have taken on the short side, trade a little bit bigger in terms of risk amount and try to hold that trade as long as I can if I got that set up. So how you get better is really coming down to, to the execution and identifying that environment. It goes back to the preparation and putting those layers in and just honing it in. I think the question you asked, I just look at it and say, hone it on your A setups and see how are you trading them. Identify first if it's self-awareness, if it's not that, if it's not you because something's wrong, in your personal life because that could carry over just you weren't you didn't get enough sleep or whatever it was and then you recognize that it's just 
the environment is you're going against the bigger picture grain or something, then it, you're able to fix it and actually help you on the opposite side of when that setup comes. Either you take it smaller or you don't take it, but when it comes the opposite side of that same setup, maybe you take it bigger and more aggressive. Very good. I think one the the key thing you said there that uh, that is really important to point out is go through the awareness steps. Is it me? Am I screwing up this trade, or is the market just I'm doing everything right? I'm executing right. The market's just not paying out. The response, you know, if the market's just not paying out, then the response is okay. I need to filter out some of these trades because I'm in the wrong on the wrong side. If your self awareness uh check says uh, i'm coming in too late or i'm fomoing or i'm too early or whatever that's something you can then uh, work on to be better to become a better student of the market ability to seize moments what do you mean by seize moments do you mean are you talking about executing when the right pieces show up or do you mean like just the ability to spot opportunities or do you mean like seize the moments as in put a lot more on, like ride this thing out. Which one of those are you uh, referring to? It's When I say that, it's really more of getting bigger when the market's telling you to, respecting that feedback and recognizing this is your time. You're mentally in a good place. You are seeing the setup you want. You're going with the primary trend, right? And you've got, an, uh, you know, it's setting up on multiple time frames and you're just like look this is your trade and then you go in there and you trade the same size you've been trading uh, a trade against the grain when you woke up late to me that makes no sense because in the days so I, this is also a transitional period i think for a lot of traders whether they're in the pit or not and i would say prior to let's say 2008 9 10 ish every day was pretty consistent for most of the day traders i know you look at the end of the month and it was probably like you know, you were up and down, but at the end of the month, even if you were made money, let's just say 15 out of the 20 days, you typically still made money. Uh, that changed for me, okay? Because as time went by, I was trading more, commissioned more, a lot more losers, just a lot more. Just was just found myself. I wasn't able to achieve um, my monthly numbers even though I would maybe be making the percentage wise near the same amount. So I had to kind of like slow things down and say, look it, man, you're just getting clipped too much on these days where you know they're crap, but yet you come in on these other days where you know they're good. And just because you've been getting chopped up, now you're too much of a wimp to take advantage of this day. You get your, your loser back and you're done. And I, even though on that day, everything's going for me really well and I'm just letting the market just go and I'm going, you know, what are you doing? So I've started, that's why I actually turned and started to say, you've got to be able to really take advantage of moments when things are going well and everything is lined up because I find that these markets these days, at least in my experience, there's a lot of days where I don't like it and I don't trade. There's, there's way more now than there used to be in the past. I used to wake up every day and trade every day, almost no matter what, pretty much no matter what. Um, and I found that I was just getting churned and beat up in that. So I started psychologically having to change my thinking and force myself to say, these are the looks you want. You were disciplined enough to stay away from the looks that were bad. And maybe some of them even worked, but you got everything you wanted. Now seize this moment. I would allocate some of that risk. So I have a risk per day, a risk per week, or a risk per month. 
So let's just say five days, thousand bucks a day. That's not what it is, but it is, I'm using this for an example stake. I get to day five, Friday's the day, everything lined up. For the week, I've got $5,000 worth of risk, but the four days I didn't trade. Now, but Friday's got everything. I might risk 5,000 that day because everything's there. Now, I might not risk all of it, but my point was, is that in that moment, I've allocated time, I've allocated everything to, to, to stay away from the bad times to where something looks good, I'm gonna step on it, I'm gonna try and hold it longer, I'm gonna make the commitment to seizing that moment. Because to me, there's not enough moments, at least in my strategy and my little world that I'm looking at the markets, to be able to do that as much as I used to do it in the past. So that's really the way I look at it. And going back to the traits of all the common traits I see, I'll talk to a lot of these traders and they'll be like, it just sucks right now, I'm just not trading. When really, and back in the day, even when it sucked, we still traded every day. Yeah. I mean, it was different. And a lot of people now are going, fool me once, you know, not fool me twice. So I'm not, I'm really way more in that camp now. And I think that too many traders come in, feel compelled to make money every day. One of the tweets I can't stand, and I know you can't either, is you say, oh, you wanna make 20,000 a month, that's only 1,000 bucks a day. Okay, if you wanna make $20,000 a month, even in the days when I was doing it, you had to make at least 1,500 to 4,000 on your up days because of all the other costs and all the losers that go involved with it because it doesn't work that way. Nobody's 20 for 20 every month. I mean, and if you are, good for you. I don't see it, it's not happened to me. So I look at it from a very different viewpoint is that I have to take when the market's giving because when it's taking, it's taking from me and I have to stop it and I have to wait to be able to take again. Yeah, and when it takes, your average doesn't go to zero, it goes negative, so it draws down that income exactly. by far. So let's move on to the ability to adapt to changing conditions. So adaptability, this is a, a really important trait, man. I've, you know, I've seen, I've seen guys come and go, uh, a lot of my traders, my prop traders, you know, once things kind of turned in, in 06, 07, 08, became really hard to fight on the tick level, you know, heavy, heavy scalpers, market makers, and they all went away. They're all doing different things, running pizza shops or whatever. They're successful still, but there was a huge change that took place. So the market changes and their approach or strategy didn't change. So what, what are the early indications to you that things are changing and you need to make adjustments to your strategy or your approach? Well, first I think it's going back to why a lot of those big scalpers and market makers, and I was one of them, why a lot of them are gone and I'm still here, you're still here, and many others that I know are still here, not many I shouldn't say, but there are some, it's acceptance. You know, there wasn't a day I woke up and I wasn't 100 to 500 up on the bid and offer every single day. That's not the case anymore. And when you had, when I had to go back to trade five and 10 lots, that's what I had to be. You either wanna do it or you don't wanna do it. I mean, my friends that were, you know, the big traders in the pit and even the big guys I know on the screen, they're going in there making three, four, five thousand in a day when they're used to making twenty-five thousand, and it just didn't do it. From two to five grand to down twenty-five. So before you know it, they're blowing their money. I I looked at it like either you want to do this or you don't. I mean, 
one day I could be a 500 lot scalper, the next day I might be a 505 lot to 25 lot swing trader. If you aren't willing to accept that and to know that that's where you are, then you're gonna struggle. I get, I share a real quick story. One of the traders, when I was walking, uh, I remember, I'll never forget it, he taught me a major lesson. I, at the time I was kicking butt, you know, and I was, every day I'd come in and be up five to 25 grand every day. And I came in, I was up 1200 bucks. I remember walking off the floor and with my head down and he tapped me, he's like, hey, what's going on, man, you all right? I'm like, I'm only up 1200 a day, I totally screwed this day. He goes, hey, and this guy's made a lot more money than I have. He goes, you never be upset to make 1200 bucks in a day. He goes, you should go home right now. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy could put me in his pocket and forget about it. And here's me complaining about that. It taught me something. And I came from nothing too. You know, it's not like I had a bunch of money coming into the business. I had nothing, you know? So I looked at it and said, when you get to a certain level and you start having success, it's easy to get used to that taste of feeling real good with all that money. And all of a sudden something changes, the market changes the game a little bit on you. And now you have to go back to learn a different get different game, still take some of your skill sets, still take some of your strategy, but you got to adapt to what's different and you got to eat a little bit of humble pie, but then exist in the game. That's what you got to do. I mean, it took me, I had two years where I really made nothing. And this is in my 20 something year career. I'm going, man, I can't believe I'm back here. I go from making all this money. Now I'm back to where I can't make anything. And I, it's not that I couldn't make money, but I was going through a time where I was fighting, still scalping. And then all of a sudden I'm a swing. I had to like commit to saying, that's it. So getting back to adapting to changing conditions, you can have the same strategy and it's base, the basics of it. But you might have to expand your time frame. You might have to pull some different things out. You might need to add some different things. And you, we all know how we're getting beat up and what's happening. So either there's those that either want to implement it to help them get better or those that don't. So I look at it like, if you've been doing this for long enough, you recognize the changes, but how much do you want to commit? You want to come in and be okay making less for a period of time? Do you want to be okay with certain things? You got to accept that. And I'm willing to accept that because who am I? I mean, I just want to be in the business. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, great point, acceptance. I mean, it goes for trading, it goes for life. You can fight all, You can fight traffic and get angry about it, but all you're doing is, you know, throwing back poison pills and hoping everybody else will get will get uh, dead you know that that's the type of thing so speaking of evolution and adapting talk to us about crypto how did you get into that how did that adaptation take place for you from a from a future trader you're an ultra bonds guy you're an es yep. guy how did we get into crypto why trade futures with TradeStation? You can trade over 160 futures contracts and over 240 futures options products from home, work, or on the go with a powerful, easy-to-use interface and prices that let you focus on padding your wallet, not emptying it. TradeStation, helping you reach your financial edge. Well, first of all, Futures Radio Show podcast, going to, I used to going to all the FIAs. I've been going there for the past seven, eight years. The podcast is almost eight years old now, which is crazy. But wow. I, I, started going to the, I started going to FIAs and I would go to... Um, you know, all of these different conferences. I was not a conference person, okay? So, but now meeting all of the corporate and like just meeting the people that run all the big trading firms and I just keep seeing crypto and I'm like, are these people for real? This is a futures conference. What are we talking about here? Until, so I started pulling up Bitcoin and this is probably about six, seven years ago. I wasn't really trading it. Then I started talking to Chris Haymeyer. You remember Chris Haymeyer? I don't know if you know who he was, yeah. but. Go so Chris Haymeyer, right? Yep. 
-hmm. So he, when I was coming up in the business, he was one of the few people backing people. This guy actually did a show with him many, many years ago, probably about five years ago, one of the first videos I ever did. Uh, you and I were one of the first videos too. Um, it, it was called Ahead of the Curve, and it's with Chris Haymeyer. And he was always ahead of the curve in everything he did. I, I really look at this guy as, I mean, I have so much respect for him. Great to be able to know him as a friend and he's a mentor of mine. And he said something to me that really triggered me to under, to want to get into crypto. He goes, Anthony, there's one thing I've learned in my life. And I, and I always say, to him, Chris, you're always ahead of the curve. What do you think about this or that? He goes, Anthony, he goes, it's not me. He goes, I look around. He goes, and I see the smartest, richest people getting in line. He goes, I just get in line behind them. I'm, I And he didn't say it in that exact way. He said it better, but he said it in a way of where it made total sense to me to where if they're doing it, they are the ones that have the money. They are the, they are the true big people in our industry. Go and look into it. And he has moved into all crypto now, who was a futures legend. And I don't say that lightly about a lot of people, but that guy was a legend. Starting prop firms in the 90s, nobody was doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, electronic traders, okay? Mm -hmm. And just, he just said to me, he goes, crypto's the future. And I just said, if Chris says it, he's gotta be, you know, I'm gonna start trading it. And so I started to trade it and that transition was difficult. Now I'm doing NFTs, everything. I mean, what I did was I allocated part of my accounts to crypto, committed to it and said, you're gonna put the time in, don't let yourself, you know, because I've blown up so many other accounts in the past. <laughs> I said, just let this account be what it is. I'm not trading it on any sort of margin or anything, which is, you know, obviously different from futures. I am trading some futures now, ETH and Bitcoin from time to time, but just committed to it and just accepted the fact that I'm a newbie in it. I'm a beginner. Cool with that. And just go forward and just start trading it. And I trade ETH. ETH is the product I trade the most now over every product there is. I trade it the most. Very and cool. It's, and it's like I said, I just, you know, it's what I do. Very cool. So uh, just because we're running out of time, uh, we have a couple of uh, questions from YouTube. One of them is, uh, uh, did you ever think about quitting trading? <laughs> I'm laughing because if you haven't thought about quitting trading, you haven't tried hard enough. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. saying that. Not to that person, but I mean, how many times I thought about quit trading? I had a heart attack at my trading machine on a Friday. <laughs> I was in the hospital Sunday. I was trading Monday morning. Call me an idiot. But I felt like it was a way for me to prove that I wasn't beaten by it. Um, it was a foolish thing to do looking back at it. But I've thought about quitting a lot of times. I mean, even to the present day, you know, you look at it and the stress it puts on you. I mean, last year I was trading a little hot and heavy again. Uh, doing some intraday scalping during the time at home, which I'd never normally do, you know, scalping at home during uh, COVID. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, even though I was making money, but I felt it in my body and I'm going, what do you slow down, buddy? You know, come on. So, yes, I've thought about quitting even to this day. Uh, and in the second part of that question, what did you what did you in that moment? To help, what did you do in that moment to help you stay in the game? What brings you back? What keeps you here? Passion. I love it. I mean, it's, you know, I wake up every day and I look at it. It's like, I look around and there's just nothing else for me. I don't know what else to say. I look around and go, what would I do? Everything I, else is I, too slow. Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't fit my personality. And this goes back to what you and I talked about adapting to the changing conditions. Either you want to find a way to stay in the business or you don't. 
some people just have a cry for help and they're like, you know what? I'm burnt out. I'm done. I get it. I, I, I get it. But you can't say that you can't figure it out. If you figured it out once, you can figure it out now. It's always changing. It's always going to be that way. Don't kid yourself to think you figured out something today. It's going to be that way for the next 50 years. Not the case. Okay. Uh, just a quick one here. Put aside distractions and hyper-focus. What does, you know, I'm standing behind you in your trading room uh, right before the session opens, whatever session you're trading. What am I seeing? Like, what are the things that you are focused on? Where are the distractions that have been turned off? First thing I'm focused on is breath. You've helped me with this. Meditation, I think, is a key because I think that if you can stay balanced in terms of just like the way you're going to make a decision and is huge. So the first thing I'm focused on is make sure you're breathing because actually from talking to with Denise Scholl in this up in an episode and several other people, I suffered through anxiety as well, you know, where you just feel like you're getting a panic attack. And I found out that she told me, she's like, you're really not breathing when you're trading. And I'm like, you know, of course I am. I would be passing out, but that's why you get, so I'm focusing on breath, getting it in, not being over caffeinated, you know, certain things. And then I'm focused in on, you know, what do I want to look at on Twitter? I, I use Twitter. I think it's important. Uh, I think you have to have some experience in trading to really understand how to use it. I do think that's the case. I think a lot of people can be thrown in different directions from it. I'll watch your videos. I'll watch even, I like the macro minute. I watch a couple of other people. I like to get a sense of what people think about the market. And I think once you're, it gets back to why, uh, how you get hyper-focused is once you kind of hear like the playing field of what other traders are doing, you could then get in and just get focused on what you're thinking is. At that point, I know what I'm looking for now. So the hyper-focused distractions are like, what's supporting or contradicting my thoughts for today? And I want to be proven wrong. So I'll look at it and I'll say, does it make sense? Does it not make sense? Look at this. This is supporting what I'm seeing and I'll see other things. And you obviously look at your charts and I'm looking at it. My charts are pretty much at that point. I know what levels I'm looking for. And I'll watch other things, like I said, in preparation that'll that'll be leveled to, to help me. But hyper-focused, I mean, that's what it is. You know, I mean, you're just looking at everything else and going, I know what I want to do. I believe in my prep. I've heard what other people have to say. I get it. And now what's, what am I going to do to make money today? And, and, and that's the way I look at it. Very cool. Um, let's move on. I just want to remind everyone that, um, that uh, we do, there's a pretty active uh, YouTube channel at Conversion Trading. If you follow this link here, go to ct.pro forward slash ct dash YouTube. It'll automatically subscribe you to CT's, uh, CT's YouTube channel. If you're interested in what we do at Convergent Trading, please go to convergenttrading.com and, uh, and look into what is uh, being discussed every day in there, which a lot of what Anthony talks about is stuff that we repeat. We've done webinars on it. We've done uh, study halls. We do, uh, we do something every week. We do a trade talk every Tuesday, a webinar every uh, Thursday. And we're constantly re-emphasizing these points. So conversiontrading.com. Um, we we covered this already. The one thing I wanted to um, ask, actually, I need to skip to this one here uh, just to wrap up. 
what traits are needed to survive different market cycles in a constantly changing environment. You touched on it a, a little bit earlier with my question. That, you know, I used to have these prop traders and they've all moved on doing different things. What are the traits that you've come across on your show, you personally, and with the traders that you, you have around you that you think are key to them surviving different market cycles, different regimes, uh, and staying in the game? Other than being passionate about trading, what are the traits that you have to have to really kind of endure in this business that is changing from week to week, month to month? How do you survive that? Great self-awareness and acceptance of what it is. I, I think that's really it because I look at it and go, I can't fight it. I can't change it. You made the great analogy of like you could try and get pissed off about traffic, but what's it going to change? I look at it and go, either you want to figure it out for what it is right now or you don't. I mean, I, I just really do think it's that simple because once you have good self-awareness and you understand that, look, if this is what you want to do, you have that commitment. Now, if you want to adapt to the changing environments, you just have to look around and the market tells you everything you need to know. We all have the same information. You yeah, figure out. I mean, I, that's the way I, I feel about it. I mean, it's like when I start getting busier and scalping, I start looking more at your stuff. I start looking more at like intraday things. I know what different environments, what tools I'm going to use to help me execute them. You know, like right now I'm looking at some more macro stuff. I want to kind of understand what news might come out to derail this rally, if it's ever even possible. So there's, you know, I'm looking at yields again because I saw the uptick in, you know. So I'm I'm looking at it and saying, what what could I do to get better at where we are right now? I mean, I know my technicals and I'm going to accept the market for what it is, but then I'll do little different homework pieces during different times based upon the environment. And so it's acceptance. Accept it for what it is and you'll find a way to get better. Okay, so I'm going to just uh, take a couple questions that were asked on YouTube. Anthony, when you execute your trades, how do you execute your targets? Do you just respond in the moment or are they predetermined so you have limit orders uh, sta uh, standing out there? Uh, so first, targets, uh, primarily as a swing trader these days, I should clarify that. Um, you know, that's mostly what I'm doing. And the targets are already in set in stone. I know where they are, but I will work some existing scales around there. Uh, so trading with multiple contracts, I always work some scales right away. Uh, I'll put those in just because I'm like, you look at, I know when they get there, I just don't even want to think about it. I want to be out of some of them. And that'll be anywhere from 10 to let's say 40% at that point at the first area that I like, and I'll scale them around. So let's just say that it's a 10 lot to make it easy. I'll have anywhere from one to four contracts there, already out there. Then I'm, I'll probably try and wait and see what it'll do around the first level of resistance, and then it'll maybe take off five and then 60%, right? And then and then wait and see what it does. If all of a sudden it pushes through it, comes back, holds that first area, I might get, I might go back and put one or two back on, you know, and, and that and look for the target. Once again, what's the scenario? If the day I feel is already done, we're near the top part of what the range would be. You know, there's something going on there that I might be out of 80% and say, look at, I can't leave a lot on here. Um, and I will, a lot of it will be pre-planned um, in terms of, well, the area will always be pre-planned, but the existing orders will probably be half of what I know I probably might take off. And then, because I want to see, 
Uh, and I also don't like to sometimes be stagnant with an order. So like, let's just say that, you know, I think that, you know, 60 even is going to be the t uh, area where I want to stop. And and it goes up and it trades 59 half and all of a sudden it's trading 57. And I'm like, okay, well, I work in 60 evens. And now I missed it by 50 cents. I'm going to sell seven evens. Once it gets up to nine even, I'll start plucking them off. You know, so I don't let that happen to me because I know that it'll, fr it'll frustrate me and piss me off. So that's why I don't work a ton of orders. I'll work half of what I think I might get out of and maybe they'll ding me and the other half I'm active. If it goes the opposite way, I'm always adding or taking off a round initial position. If I get into something and it pukes against me right away, I'll look at the scenario and say, does it make sense to add? Does it make sense to take some off? And I will do that actively before my stop. We'll work the stop majority of the time, uh, not all the time. It depends on how close I am to it. If I start getting really close to a stop, I won't put it in because I don't want to get one ticked. And if it goes through it, I just, I'll dump them. So, you know, that, that's in a nutshell what I'm doing. Do you, how do you trail a runner once the risk is off and, and you've got, you know, a trail on? What's your method of managing that runner? Are you kind of actively watching it? Because you're swing trading, so you're going to sleep and do other things with your life. Yeah. How do you trail that? Do you use an indicator to do that or how's it done? Yeah. That's exactly right. I use an indicator. Most of the time I'll use a 10 period moving average on a 60 minute chart on the swing. Uh, and if I feel like the, the, the picture has gotten a little bit bigger, I, I use simple moving averages basically uh, for a majority of them because I feel like if we're trending powerful enough, then if I use just a short-term simple moving average, 10 is the lowest I go, I feel pretty confident that if it breaks that by enough, I don't want them anyway, you know, whatever. It, it, that's the one thing I use moving averages for is just to help me guide um, winners and, and to tell how powerful a trend is. So moving averages. Very cool. Uh, one more, uh, one more question. Do you look at market profiles at all? I know you've had me, you've had uh, James Dalton on, you've had Merritt Black on, you've had uh, um, what's that guy in, in Texas uh, likes to grill a lot? Uh, double wide capital. Oh yeah, double uh, wide. I've had Josh trade with profile. I've had yeah, um, lots. Josh Schuler. Paul Asmar. Do you do you uh, do you use market profiling at all in your own analysis? Not anymore. Uh, I actually look at other people's analysis for this now. I don't use it as much myself. I like looking at all the people that you mentioned for it. Your, you know, yourself included. Like when I start scalping more, I'll tune into your stuff more. Like when I'm more intraday, I love seeing the stuff that you're doing. It saves me the time and the homework to do it. I, I am definitely more of a big picture homework. Trader now, I'm not doing as much on the very, you know, much intraday as much as I used to. But if I was committed to trading intraday every day, I would be looking at volume profile, market profile, order flow 100%. I think for day traders, to me, I go back to it. I think that it's one of the best tools out there for it. As a swing trader, I try to keep myself out of it a little bit, but I will look at the bigger picture, like single tick areas that coincide with an area I think we might break out in. You know, where's the, the bigger value areas? And I'll watch those videos just to see what they are. And I'll be like, wow, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> that's kind of coinciding or contradicting what I'm saying. But I do like the tools. I think they're great tools. I just don't use them as much as a swing trader. Okay. Uh, back to crypto. Someone's asking, what platforms, exchanges do you do crypto on if you don't mind sharing? Well, I actually use multiple exchanges um, because I've had situations where, you know, I won't forget too long ago where I, we had a big move lower. I went in and I tried to buy 
um, and on Coinbase, and I couldn't even get into it. Um, kind of pissed me off. So I have Coinbase Pro. Uh, I have I use MetaMask for a lot of stuff because I'm doing NFTs, so I do swaps. I use uh, I'm trading some really like kind of <laughs> cryptos that maybe some people don't even really even know about. So I'll use like I said MetaMask for that. Um, one inch io I'll use, which is also kind of goes off of MetaMask. And, but majority of the flow I'll go through is Coinbase. I even I have a Kraken account and a Gemini account as well. And the reason why I have multiple accounts, so I should say this, because number one, I like to spread it out. Um, and because I have different accounts for different reasons I'm trading, you know, and I'm trying to also, as I'm going through this learning process, gauging how I'm trading. And some some of them like Binance, I have an account with them too. And because they offer certain cryptos that other ones don't have. So like Coinbase doesn't have a ton. I'll funnel a lot through Coinbase Pro, but I'll also go through Binance because I might want to buy something there. Um, and I just feel like having it spread out because let's face it, they a lot of them have been hacked. A lot of them have had issues. So for me, I look at it and go, I am not going to be caught loaded with all of them in one thing, in one account. I just won't let it happen. Um, so those are just to name a few, but I recommend if you're getting into crypto, you need to have a MetaMask account. That's one thing I will say. I think that's I, I got that. I remember that discussion we had a few months ago and, uh, and I went out and, and opened an account there. Uh, it was, it was, let me tell you, uh, Credelli is, uh, Anthony went from just a, just a simple futures guy to a, like, he'll talk about cryptos for two hours. Solid. Yeah, <laughs> So um, one thing I wanted to uh, let everybody know, oops, let everybody know is that um, Anthony's online, of course. You can reach him, and I would strongly recommend you follow uh, and listen to his show, uh, Futures, Traders, uh, uh, Futures Radio Show. You can find Anthony Credelli at anthonycredelli.com. I would definitely follow Anthony at twitter.com forward slash Anthony Crudelli. He's also on LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash in slash Anthony Crudelli. YouTube channel's also been very busy lately. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash Anthony Crudelli will get you there. And of course, look for Anthony Crudelli on Apple, Spotify, and whatever your favorite podcasting tool is. Really appreciate you coming on, Anthony. Appreciate everybody being here. Uh, but we're out of time, and uh, always, always, always a pleasure speaking with you, Anthony. And I always learn something from you, man. Really appreciate your time with us. Take care, everyone. Thank you, my brother. Thank you so much. Appreciate See it. Take care. Time. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Futures Radio Show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. Never miss an episode. Go to anthonycrudelli.com and get on our email list for show notifications and for free content that is exclusively for subscribers. Also on anthonycrudelli.com, you will find tons of videos and education on trading futures, options, and crypto. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Opinions expressed are solely my own and my guests, and they do not express the views or opinions of my sponsors. Future's radio show is produced by Crudelli Productions.